Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bare Minimum Babe, the podcast. For today's episode, I'm going to be talking about our sense of obligation to others and how that sense of obligation holds you back. And when I say you, I'm speaking about me mainly, but also I feel like it can apply to everybody probably. Um, so it holds you back because you're spending too much energy on things that don't matter and in the long run, long run just hurt you. So even if you feel like I encourage this, I just have to deal with it, you don't. So let's just knock that off right now. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. So I've recently been doing a lot of reflecting on how I personally feel a sense of obligation to others. And this tends to mean for me doing things that they want when I don't want to, not saying how I feel because I don't want to look like a rude bee or hurt their feelings or feel like I'm putting them down or letting them down, even if by letting them down or disappointing them, it's better for me in the long run. Because of this, I keep going down a path I don't even want to be on. And as I get further and further down that path, I just get angrier and more bitter and more resentful for the person, place, thing, whatever that isn't even necessarily pushing me or making me do this because I'm making this decision myself. So I just wanted to talk about that. I really think that for me, this clicked. Um, and got me thinking about it when brace yourselves. I have another quick gym story and it's where I get most of my social interaction during the day since I work from home. So please don't judge me. Um, let's start my quick story. So long story, hopefully short is this guy who will call Steve and I started chatting at the gym, being friendly over a shared concern for another person in the gym. When we saw this teenager brother teaching his teenager sister, a terrible squat form. It looked really dangerous, actually. Um, that story is not important, but what is important is that from that, we started ca uh, talking casually. Um, and also, mind you, like this was not like a flirting as far as I know situation. I was not. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there that that was not what this was. It was just a casual conversation. You'll see in the you'll see in my story how that's how relevant. So anyways, if you listen to the last episode of Bare Minimum Babe, episode four, your shine doesn't dim mine. Other women are not your competition. Then, you know, I was chatting up other women to calm my own insecure thoughts and to form connections with them. So Steve started to realize this as well. And then he would start casually start asking me little questions like, what's her name? And like when we were talking, he would just kind of casually throw these little things in here. And I can't remember other like innocent questions like that, but they were variations of that. They were very clear. He was asking because he was interested in them. And I, of course, was not into this. I mean, I guess maybe it's not enough course because otherwise if it wasn't a course, he wouldn't have asked it, but I was not into this. So the first time, for example, he did it, I said, I think she has a boyfriend um, and looked like annoyed, mainly because number one, I thought she was out of his league, honestly. And I was like, okay, you think so, Steve? And then I was also starting to realize Steve was kind of a tool bag and a very negative person and that most of our conversations were him complaining about something. So for example, when I said, I don't know, I think she has a boyfriend and he said, because I assumed he saw the annoyance on my face and like, um, I don't know. He said something like, sorry, a single guy's got to ask and like played it off. And I feel like I can like picture him saying it and I don't know exactly why I remember it so vividly, but I remember thinking like, no, no, I don't think you have to ask. You can, you can probably just not. And if, you know, if you want to talk to her, then you can. And now also looking back, you'll see again in the story why this is relevant. I could have now like looking back, I could have just then been like, I don't think these questions are appropriate and I'm not answering them. If you want to talk to her, then that's on you. But I didn't. And I did the woman trained thing. And I mostly just kind of like, no, I don't know. And then pivoted to get out of the conversation. 
And so this continued for a little while until eventually a few times he eventually would say things like he would come up to me and be like, you're late today in a joking way. Uh, because I was staying an extra like five minutes or something to talk to one of the women I mentioned in a previous episode, right? Except he would say this to me while I was talking to them and weirdly interrupt our conversation, like that we were having our conversation, um, and try to like angle in. And this irked me more than I admitted at the time, or like, I guess me even realized at the time. Now, months later, I'm like, yeah, that was BS. He could F himself. But before I was just like, yeah, we're talking. And then I kept talking and tried to ignore him. And then I just kind of body angled away from him. He did this many times. This was not just one time. There are also other instances where he one time passive aggressively slammed weights down on the floor because a guy near him was, he wasn't, and he kept not re-racking his weight. But instead of just saying something to the guy directly, he decided to do this, where he took the weights off the rack, slammed them on the floor, and people were looking. It was loud. Like, it was completely unnecessary. It was a thing, and I was like, oh, my God. And then another point, he came up to me mid-set on the back extension machine. And I'm like, if you've seen like a back extension machine, like mind you, this machine is like my butt's like literally in the air. Like I'm hinging my back up and down, hanging over like this pad thing. So my butt is out in the air and I, I'm, I'll put a, a picture in the post so you can see exactly what I'm talking about in this the show notes episode. But he interrupts me like mid set in the most awkward exercise, like do number rule number one is like, don't interrupt people mid set. And also that especially awkward exercise. It was, it really pissed me off. So anyways, this is Steve. So eventually I would look at the clock anxiously around like 645 because I knew he'd be walking in soon and he was making the gym not fun place for me now. And I know that seems kind of weird, like a fun place, but I do actually like the gym now. I'm like one of those people. My husband now was like, oh my God, you're like a gym rat now. Isn't that funny? Anyways, it was making it like a not fun kind of like escape place for me. And I was thinking about this way too much on how to get out of this, worrying while I was on the machines, like crap, he's somewhere near me. Is he going to come over? Should I nod or something? If I nod or smile, he might take it as a sign that I want to talk when really I'm just acknowledging that he's alive to not be rude. Like, just leave me alone. Like there was just a lot of energy and thought going into this when I didn't want to. And I didn't even care really about him. It was just kind of a thing that was happening and I didn't know how to stop it. So one of the other girls that I didn't mention in the previous podcast, this girl I was talking to, we'll call her, I don't know, Stephanie. I'm really bad at like replacing out names. So like, I don't know, I give me other name ideas, but anyways, we'll call her Stephanie. And there was a lot of times she was overlapping in the gym with me and him like on times and eventually like without fail, he would come over when she and I were talking, but only if she was there. So he became less likely to do it, like come over to talk if I were there versus like if she were there too. And so at one point she and I exchanged numbers and I was like, oh my God, I want him to leave me alone. I do not like that. He's trying to use me as a wing woman. I did not agree to this at all. And it's skeezy. She agreed. Fast forward a few weeks later and I'm, so I'm walking out of the gym. I see Stephanie about to do a leg press. So, and I'll include uh, pictures of this in case you want it because the leg press looks differently. So if you literally at all care the scene I'm about to describe and how awkward it actually was, I'll include it in the show note picture. Like if you go to the show notes, I'll have pictures of the machines, but so I head over there to the leg press to hype her up to say she could do another, she could add another plate cause she's a bad bee and just, you know, hype her up. Cause like we were friendly, right? And guess who walks over? Steve. 
So he literally turns it into an entire training situation on how like the different foot positions and which muscles it would hit better. And for context, he said he used to be like a trainer at like a gym down in the South or something. And so like he sometimes does this and I'm just like, okay, whatever. Also, he's a man, I assume. So he feels like he could help us out. So, you know, I don't know how to do stuff. Thank you, Steve. Um, so anyway, she's stuck on this leg press because it's a machine that you're literally laying down like five or six inches off the floor with your legs up, pressing this weight, leg press. And I'm just standing there like, oh my God, I don't know how this happened. This is terrible. This is terrible for her. This is terrible for me. I want this to stop. I want to go. It was a whole thing. I'm not exaggerating. People were watching because it was like a legit instruction situation on the leg press and it, it was just awkward. Okay. And so after this whole little debacle, I text Stephanie as I get into my car immediately and I say something like, wow, that was an entire thing. I feel like I can't even come up to you. Like, I don't even want to come up to you because I know he's going to come up and like make it a thing. And he's getting more brazen with it now. Like that was the most. And that at that point I would have had enough. And I fully decided I don't like him. I want him to go away. And so we're chatting back and forth in the morning and I'm essentially saying that he just kind of, you know, comes up to me and starts talking and I just, I just kind of casually chat, but I'm not like super into it at this point. I just kind of like, I don't know how to, unless I say like, stop talking to me. I don't know a nice way to get out of this situation. You know what I mean? So, and he still doesn't get the point that I'm not into this and I'm just kind of casually being like, yeah, uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so eventually in the conversation, she says some variation of you don't owe him anything If you don't like him and you don't want to talk to him, then don't. And she didn't say it meanly. She was just like, well, I mean, if you don't have to talk to him, if you don't want to. So like this sounds very duh. But when she said it, it didn't like sink in immediately because I was just like, no, because then I'm I don't know, because then it's mean. And like I did. I was talking to him. It was fine. And then I realized he was just not like as I guess nice as I thought he was. I don't even know exactly the word for it, but. It sunk in a few days later and I started to rethink how I've been framing it. So even though he was a tool bag, I still felt somewhat bad for him because I could tell, at least I can feel that part of that tool baggery was that he was like sad and insecure. Like he would tell me stuff about like his life. And I'm like, that seems kind of not like traumatic stuff, but just kind of like, he's probably not in like a very successful place with his life. I'm going to be honest. You know what I mean? So he's probably like feeling insecure, has to overcompensate, whatever. So I'm like, doesn't excuse tool baggery, but I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Right. And so I didn't want to hurt his feelings because of that. And also I never fully made it clear that I wanted to be left alone in my mind, you know, like I knew that I wanted it, but I was also thinking like, well, Amanda, you did talk to him and you were really friendly in the beginning and you kind of encouraged this, which is totally messed up thinking and reminds me of like rape culture kind of thinking totally different. But the point is, I think women more than men tend to think these types of things like, well, I encourage this. This is my fault. I guess I have to deal with it instead of just like stopping whatever is like not making you happy. We just kind of go along with it because we think it's somehow our fault. So when she said that, I was like, yeah, a few days later, mind you, because I was still like in my head, like four, four days afterwards, at least explaining like all these other things of like why it was my fault and why I can't be mean. And I just kind of have to like suck it up and kind of half talk to him. But I was like, you know what? She's right. I don't need to do anything. I don't owe him anything. He's like a random dude at the gym. I don't even 
know his last name. Like I couldn't even look him up to like find more information if I wanted to. I literally know his first name and where he works. And I didn't even care enough to look him up. Like this whole thing is stupid, but it's taking up so much of my time thinking in the gym, like how to avoid this person. It's distracting. He hasn't come up to me since. Um, I think it's mainly because honestly, Stephanie's schedule changed. So we don't overlap nearly as much. So he, I don't think he has any incentive to come up to me anymore, which is kind of funny slash messed up. But if he did, I would tell him I've played this conversation out. I don't like add like hours. This isn't like hours of my energy, but I did play this out just so I would be prepared to like hype myself. Like Amanda, you can say this. You don't have to keep talking to this person. So I planned out like, I feel like I'm being used as some weird wing woman and it makes me and the women I'm talking to uncomfortable. So I don't really want to talk to you anymore. And luckily I haven't had to have this conversation, but I'm not ruling out that I'll need to say this at some point because he clearly isn't really getting it. Um, so next time I see her and talk to her, I'm like, I feel like he might come up and I might have to have this conversation. That was a long story, but basically this was an example of me clearly not liking a situation person thing, whatever but not fully saying this aloud and extricating myself from the situation because I felt a sense of, well, I encourage this. So I was obligated to keep going on whatever this was. In addition, I also felt bad for the other person, even though I didn't really like him. I still felt bad because I could see how like I could see why he was doing this and I felt bad. And so I knew that if I said something, it would at the very least make him feel like slightly worse if I said something. So I just didn't. And I still haven't. I mean, I will now at this point if I have to, but I have, I didn't. But the more I started thinking about it, I realized I was doing this in other areas of my life too. And kind of always have, um, especially if I was, it was something I initially wanted to do or wanted, but then ended up no longer wanting to do it for literally whatever reason. But I continued to do it because I felt a sense of obligation or that I encouraged it. So I would think things like, even now I do, like, didn't I get what I wanted? Why don't I like this anymore? Maybe I can just keep reframing things in my mind. Like, I'm not happy, but I can try my best to reframe it. But like, this is even on stuff I don't need to keep doing. And so I'm only mentally reframing things because I'm telling myself to. I don't actually have to do this. But there's this weird thing of like, especially in like self-help, you just have to reframe how you're thinking. But like, okay, cool. But like, what if you don't actually have to do the thing that you're reframing? Can you just stop doing it? So I was focused on reframing how I felt about it. Like it was something I had to deal with and not something I could just stop doing. Like I didn't have to deal with it. I don't have to spend energy reframing things that I don't have to do. So just a quick silly example is also I had a boyfriend in high school and I stayed with him for like an extra two weeks knowing I wanted to break up with him the entire time. Two weeks is a long time in high school. Okay. Like it's not now in the grand scheme of like the world, but in high school, two weeks is a long time. And I took two weeks to muster the courage basically to hurt his feelings and have an awkward conversation because of the things I've talked about of like, I, I wanted this, like, you know, I wanted this, I encouraged this and like, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Cause I know he'll be sad, blah, blah, blah. So I stayed with him an extra two weeks longer than I wanted to. And that's only example aside, I started to think like, why do I do this? I started taking stock of things I actually currently want and don't want and how these things made me feel. And if it wasn't, and thinking kind of like, if it wasn't me that it was impacting or my direct family or like actual friends, then why do I feel a sense of obligation? You know, like, obviously I need to take care of my kid. 
right? That is an actual obligation. I mean, theoretically, I don't, I could just drop her off. Like, I guess in my, as I was like saying this, I'm like, I technically, you don't have to do anything. Cause I was like, well, you have to pay tax. I'm like, no, you don't, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> I mean, there are consequences for it, but you don't have to do literally anything you don't want to do. You just have to live with the consequences. So I definitely feel like I need to take care of my child. Right. But do I need to rearrange my plans to carpool somebody else's kid to an activity? Because I said it would make sense. And I said, I would try to help even after I ended up being really stressed out and hated it because they weren't ready. Like, does it make sense for me to keep doing it or should I just let it go? I'm letting it go just because I'm realizing these types of things consciously now. But Amanda from like six months ago before this whole story, I probably would have kept doing it because I encouraged it. I offered and I felt a sense like I have to, even now I'm kind of so low key, like I said, I would, it doesn't matter. I didn't like it and I don't have to, you know? So going back, I'm just going to, we're just going to go ahead and ignore the fact that generally women are socialized to be quiet, keep things calm and to fake smiles and kind of uncomfortably laugh in situations that we don't want to be in so that we can safely exit them because there is a real fear that we could be murdered if we in some way embarrass, reject, hurt, or make a man feel really any negative kind of way. I have many stories about this. I'm sure a lot, every other woman has this story too, because there are stories that women will be killed for these things. So because of this, we've been trained, at least I know I have to feel like, well, I encourage this. So I have to see it through and deal with me just not liking it in regards to like everything pretty much. And I just, if I don't like it, how I was saying, I just reframe it, just keep reframing, keep using your energy to reframe it, you know, but I realized that's stupid and hurtful long-term, obviously, and I know none of what I'm saying is like, oh, wow, Amanda, that's crazy talk. That doesn't make any sense. But it's all, I feel like it's more subconscious. And the only reason that I'm now consciously thinking about it is because of what Stephanie said that made me realize like, yeah, I don't have to do anything. I don't want to. And I'm a, I feel like I'm a quote unquote grown woman. I don't know. I have a 10 year old. So I feel like that's kind of grown. I don't know. Um, I always feel like Britney Spears. I'm not a girl, not yet a woman song. I always feel that way. Cause in my mind, I'm like, I feel like I'm 15, but I'm not, I have like a house and stuff. But <laughs> anyways, even when I'm picturing the scenario of me talking to Steve and having that, like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. The way I was initially playing it out in my head, it was starting off by saying, sorry, but blank, whatever I was going to say. And then I was like, why am I saying sorry? I'm not sorry. He should be sorry. And there must be other ways to start uncomfortable conversations where you're not actually sorry. How would a man say this? He would probably just say it. He doesn't feel like he owes anyone anything. Probably. Why would I say I'm sorry? If you'd feel like you always do that too, where you say sorry and you're not actually sorry, it's not even like a situation where a sorry is necessary. Cause I also do this all the time when I just like walk out of a room or something and I just happen to like be in the area that someone else is trying to get to. I'll be like, Oh, sorry. Like, sorry for existing. And I'm like, and, I'm, and I'll realize that afterwards. I'm like, why am I apologizing? Like I literally was just standing there. It's not like a sorry situation. It's a, Oh, excuse me. It's not a sorry. Like I'm not, it doesn't make sense that I'm apologizing for existing. I'm going to wrap this episode up by saying, if you have a Steve in your life, whether that's a person, place, activity, whatever it is, you don't have to continue to do it anymore. You don't have to talk to them anymore. You can leave. You don't have to apologize because you change your mind. Like you can decide you're done and you don't have to feel bad thinking about how you encourage this quote unquote, because you're allowed to change your mind after you have more data to decide if you like it or not. Like 
For the example, I thought Steve was nice. I thought I liked him because we chatted easily. And then after spending more time with them, you know, like dating and stuff, like just generally spending time and getting more information, you're like, actually, I don't like them. I don't know how to get out of this, but I don't want to do this anymore. So you're allowed to change your mind and you don't have to feel bad about it. It's not a big deal. And like prolonging it out is only going to cause you stress. And you don't want to think about that type of stuff, right? If you don't have to, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't matter, you know? So anyways, I'm gonna wrap that up. And if you want to see any of the machines I was talking about or read the show notes, go ahead and go to the episode description and click on the show notes that will take you to the bare minimum babe.com website where all the show notes are. I kind of clean this up and make it like a blog post. So it'll be there as well. And as always, I'm Amanda Cunningham and I'm open to feedback questions, all that good stuff. And you can also sign up for notifications wherever you're listening to this episode by like clicking on like the little bell button. And if you want and or you can sign up for the mailing list as well. And that's also on bareminimumbabe.com on that website. Um, And so you can directly sign up for that. So I'll email you to let you know that a new episode is live and give you like little show bonuses. So with that, I am going to say I hope you have a great day. And let's just pause to take a breath. I know I need it because I talk fast. And so I'm going to breathe and drop my shoulders and you can unscrunch your forehead and you can ask yourself, how can I make my life easier, happier, filled with more love and community? And with that, I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Go be an amazing human being. Thank you for having me in your ears. Bye. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.